Welcome to Real FM Rewind. Here's some highlights from the week. So, Kara, this is the first full week of August. Yes. And you know what that means. Oh, dear. I'm not talking about it being 100 degrees. We're actually getting a little bit of relief from that. (laughs) That is nice. This week. No, I'm talking about something you, you would think wouldn't be talked about until next month. I'm scared. But because it is the first full week of August, we're uh-huh. starting now. Uh-huh. 7-Eleven started the trend this year on August 1st <laughs> by starting to serve <clears throat> redacted, redacted lattes. <laughs> we can't even bring ourselves You know to what I'm talking it. about. I know exactly what you're talking about. The lattes, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> type of uh, pump, uh, I mean, uh, vegetable no, that shall remain nameless. Yep. So the mysterious orange vegetable. We're not going to talk about this. That belongs in November. That's right. It's too soon, people. Has showed up again. Oh. 7-Eleven's doing it. Krispy Kreme's starting today as well. Oh, no. It's just like uh, Christmas decorations going on oh, sale no. before Halloween. It's too soon, people. One of my favorite childhood films is a little movie called Babe. If you haven't seen it, but you like wholesome, sweet stories, I think you would like Babe. It's all about a little piglet named, of course, Babe, and he wants to become a sheepdog. And so one of the parts of the film is the sheep make fun of Babe, saying he's a pig who thinks he's a dog. Well, it turns out in real life, animals get confused too, because there is a crow that thinks he's a bunny. So this crow was about two weeks old, baby crow, and was found with a broken leg, and he got rescued by a very kind gentleman in England. He and his wife had five bunnies, and as they were nursing this baby crow back to health, he was kind of adopted by these bunnies, and now all grown up, he hops alongside them. You heard me, the crow hops. This was supposed to be a rescue and release situation, but he's become a family member and his name is Jake. They've never kept Jake in a cage. He has always had the opportunity to fly away or leave, but he just stays with his bunny family, hopping around with them. This feels like one of those weird case studies of nature versus nurture, and it seems to be that nurture makes a pretty big impact, at least with crows. Do you ever struggle with that thing that they call imposter syndrome, Anson? Mm-hmm. Kind of that feeling of like, oh, I'm not really sure if I'm qualified to yep. be doing what I'm doing in life, whether uh-huh. it's like your job or parenting or whatever. Maybe all of it. All of it, yeah. <laughs> I think we've all struggled with this from time to time. And a lot of times when I'm struggling with that, my instinct is to go, okay, how do I, how do I reassure myself? I'm going to think about the things that set me apart from others that okay. make me special in some way like maybe people should believe and listen to me because of these these gifts that I've been given or mm. you know so on my qualifications right. that's my instinct is yeah. to go there sure I'm qualified right yeah. yeah to kind of bolster myself up and there's not necessarily anything wrong with that to be you know it's okay to look at those things honestly but I was reading something today from Lori Ferguson Wilbert about what Moses did in this situation and how God responded to him. You know, the famous, like, Moses in front of the burning bush. He's like, no, 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 don't call me. I'm not qualified. (laughs) You know, what if they ask me all these things? Mm -hmm. And how God responds is interesting. He asks Moses, what's in your hand? And there's a staff in his hand. Let's think about this. Why is that staff in his hand? It represents the fact that he is a shepherd, right? Why is he a shepherd? He's a shepherd because he basically 
did something really terrible. He mm. killed someone. He was a part of Pharaoh's household. He had all these opportunities to be someone, but those didn't go so well. Yeah. And he ended up like in the desert looking after sheep. Mm-hmm. And so Lori says, when God asks what's in Moses' hand, the staff in his hands is there because so many things have gone wrong mm. in Moses' life. And that's interesting, right? We don't often think about that. Instead of searching for the gifts that make me special, what if we begin to see the crosses that we've carried, the weights that have pulled us down, the fears, doubts, questions, and struggles as the thing that maybe qualifies us? Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So she says, whenever I picture Moses in my mind's eye, I see him with a shepherd's staff. Despite a season of shepherding that barely lasted a chapter in scripture, I cannot unsee the staff he uses to astound the Pharaoh in Egypt, split the Red Sea, break water from a rock, and help the Israelites win against the Amalekites. He, as a picture of Jesus, is a shepherd of the people, an advocate of their father in heaven, a messenger from God. The prince turned shepherd used what was in his hand to do the bidding of his true father. I think it's easy to take some things for granted, like having a roof over your head, fresh water to drink, or maybe even having a stable, loving family, something which everyone should have. But there are too many kids out there who dream about being adopted. For Mariah, she felt completely invisible and that she would never be adopted. She had been bounced from foster home to foster home for nine long years, since the time she was five years old. Then finally, Mariah was referred to an adoption center, which had a signature program dedicated for placing kids in permanent families. Here, Mariah met John and Emily, and over the course of getting to know each other, they developed a strong bond. And what Mariah thought was impossible became reality. Just before her 15th birthday, she was adopted by John and Emily. And she even became a big sister too, since the couple had a little girl. Mariah is thriving, she's happy being a big sister, she loves her family, and she has big plans for her future. Many people don't consider fostering or adopting teens because they're labeled problematic. But Mariah has said, quote, maybe just meet with a teenager in need and give them a chance to tell their side of the story. Because when you're a kid in the system, you never get to tell your side of the story at all, end quote. But now, obviously, Mariah is sharing her story and we get to hear it. And hopefully it helps us better see kids like her, those who feel invisible. If you find yourself commuting between work and home with rare other stops along the way, your life might be lacking a key ingredient to happiness that sociologists have found called a third place. Oh, interesting. You ever heard of this concept before? I I feel like maybe I have, but it's been a while. Okay, so the idea is your first place is where you live, right? That would be your home, your apartment. Your second place is where you work or go to school. Yeah. And your third place can basically be any location that doesn't fall in into the first two categories. Interesting. Okay, so like coffee shops, a Ah. park, a bookstore, your church, community centers, all of those could function as third third places. Yeah, the only real requirement is that nobody is forcing you to Ah, show up there. Okay. Okay? Your third place, or places, sociologists say, should be somewhere that you go regularly, and if you think you may not have one, you're not alone, because Mm. a lot of people 
spend the overwhelming majority of their time mm, in their own home yeah. or at work or at school. At work. Hmm. And that's pretty much it. Wow. Now, this comes from a, a book from 1989. It's called The Great Good Place huh. by a sociologist. And he talked about this idea of third places and uh, how they really facilitate like public relaxation. Interesting. Okay? So places that foster like light, pleasant conversation. And crucially, they're free from the expectations of productivity. Wow. Right? So yeah. you just go there to hang out. That's so good. Maybe you hang out with the regulars. Maybe they know your order there. Yes. You sit and just enjoy being around other people who maybe have similar interests to you. Hmm. And other places that could work for this would be like sitting in a movie theater yeah. as an audience member surrounded by other theater lovers. Yeah. That would exemplify this kind of third place interaction as well. So it just kind of got me thinking of like, yeah, what are my places? Yeah. Where do I really enjoy being? I think as Christians, like a church is a really great example of that. Yeah. And the other thing that they talked about was during the pandemic, uh -huh. a lot of people's third places went away. Yeah. And it's been hard to get back into the routine of visiting them again. Oh, that's so true. And I think it especially applies to churches. A lot of people still maybe attending church online, right. watching digitally, which is great. But mm. research shows that uh, in-person communities really do make a huge, huge, huge difference. difference. Wow. My mom was an 80s girl, so naturally I grew up hearing a ton of 80s music. So of course, I'm a fan of the band Queen and its lead singer, Freddie Mercury, which is why I was both sad and curious when I saw that his stuff is being auctioned. In case you didn't listen to as much 80s music as I did growing up, some of Queen's iconic music include We Will Rock You, Bohemian Rhapsody, Somebody to Love, Stop Me Now, and the list goes on and on. You've undoubtedly heard one of their songs either on the radio or in a movie. They're just so iconic. And yeah, some of Freddie's things are being auctioned right now, like his favorite piano and even pieces of paper with his scribblings of song lyrics. Bohemian Rhapsody's beginnings are on a piece of random paper now being sold for millions. I think it's kind of sad to see his possessions sold like this, but at the same time, I got to see an image of those scribblings of that song that I grew up loving so much in high school, and I still sing horribly and unabashedly in my car on the loudest volume possible whenever that song comes up. It fills me with a bit of hope and optimism and humility because every artist begins somewhere. And sometimes it starts with a scribble on a loose piece of paper. Okay, Anson, it's time for the Gilbert update. Yes. <laughs> we brought a new kitten home mm -hmm. on Friday. His name is Gilbert. Aww. He's adorable. Now, on Friday, I told you there was some uh, there was some tension going on between <laughs> older brother and younger brother. Yes. My older cat, Reverb, he's about five, and he wasn't quite sure what he thought about the interloper. Which is, yeah, you know, kind of part of the deal. You introduce two totally, family members. And, it's yeah. totally normal. But what I was nervous about, I was like, how long is this going to go mm. on? Because it's stressful, and with cats, it can go on for a while. So what was amazing is he went from, like, super cranky yeah. to, like, super curious. Oh, okay. Within about 24 hours. Wow, that seems good. It's pretty fast. And now they're, like, tumbling all over the place oh. and playing and, like, all about it. He's not hissing at him anymore. Wow. They're chasing each other around the house. Okay. Reverb's getting the most exercise he's gotten in five <laughs> years because he's good for him, literally right? just been sitting in the window for like five years. <laughs> so it's really, really going well. And I'm so excited. I really don't 
don't even try to keep this a secret. This is just a part of who I am. Zoe here with you on Real FM, and I am a huge VeggieTales fan. And one of the great things about VeggieTales that makes it so iconic and lasts, I think, to this day where people love it so much is the silly songs. Like the silly songs are a huge part of that. And you wanna know a crazy fun fact that just blows my mind? Whenever the creators of VeggieTales were getting together in the early, early stages and they needed someone to help make the music and make the silly songs, they asked a guy at their church who volunteered on Sundays, you know, helping with church worship. And that guy, that random guy from their church, ended up creating those iconic silly songs that live rent-free in my head to this day. I feel like that just goes to show that God can use you in ways you wouldn't even imagine. We've talked about it before, Kara. Sometimes middle afternoon can be a little bit of a struggle. <laughs> it is a struggle for me today. I right. can tell you, you that. You get to this point of the day uh-huh. and um, I, I feel like usually we're in one of two categories. Uh-huh. Most of the time, you start to get hungry. Yes. Right? Like you're waiting for dinner. Uh-huh. You're like, oh, I can't wait to go home from yes. work or get so done with whatever hungry. I'm doing, the errands I'm running Yeah. so that I can go eat some dinner. Uh-huh. But today, uh, we had some lunch here at work. We did. It was really good. Oh, it was so good. Had some barbecue and some mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. And so instead of feeling like the normal, like hungry feeling, I'm just feeling very full. Yes. Which then leads to... Sleepy. Sleepy, exactly. I'm so sleepy today. And that led us to this realization that like we're basically either like starving, air quotes, (laughs) quotes, or ready to take a nap. Yes. Pretty much at all times. At all times. With no in-between. One or the other. Yeah. That's where we live on this show. Which (laughs) probably says something about us. Yeah. (laughs) Like we're either starving or ready to take a nap. Probably, Probably not in a good way either. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's the truth. Going on an adventure doesn't have to be finding buried treasure or killing a dragon. I think little adventures and quests make life exciting. And what better person than your spouse to take those adventures with? My husband and I had a little mini adventure, hiking in the rain to a waterfall, and my husband was determined to take any path other than the paved predetermined path, so we were all over the forest. But I love what this couple did for their adventure, and it all began in 2015. John and Carrie have been married for decades now and decided they wanted to visit every diner in their state of New Jersey. It turns out that there are a lot of diners in their state, so it's been taking them literally years to visit them all. But how fun is that? They get to drive in the car, probably talk and bond along the way, and then sample a new menu each time, experiencing more of their state's diner culture. I think this is a simple but really fun quest. But of course, I love food and road trips, so of course, (laughs) this sounds awesome. Thanks for listening to The Real FM Rewind. Make sure to check out all of our podcasts on the Real FM app or at real.fm. And don't forget, be kind and rewind. <laughs>